All right. Hello, everyone. You are now listening to the Storm Connect podcast with me, Crunch. I talk about gaming topics and sometimes animated series of my own interest, such as Final Fantasy, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Star Wars, and other things entertainment gaming related. The goal I aim to accomplish on every episode is to provide insights on these subjects that are usually overlooked to spread awareness and learn more, because we all love to learn, right? In this episode, we are going to be discussing my personal review on the long-awaited, newly released Final Fantasy VII Remake. I've been so excited for this game ever since it was announced in 2015, and then we all had to go through that long, dragging wait for the game. Um, But I'm really glad they took the extra five years, I guess, because compared to like the 2015 trailer, dude, Cloud was looking hella skinny. Like, that man was not eating any meat whatsoever, but this time around, he he looks a little more reformed, I would say. Um, and he just looks overall better. Like, his model just looks so much better. Um, and everybody else looks amazing, but I'll talk about that later in the podcast. For now, let's go into the gameplay, which is probably my favorite part of the game so far. Um, I wanted to specifically start off with the unique abilities that each character gets. I was a bit nervous at like the number that we were gonna get because you know when I was playing the demo I noticed I was getting a couple already um but I felt like we were we weren't gonna get too much because I feel like the rest of the moves were gonna be used more so for limits and the only thing I know about the original because keep in mind I have not played the original so this is my first ever experience with Final Fantasy 7. Um, but the the first thing I noticed was like a lot of the abilities were limits back in the game, such as like Climb Hazard, Braver, and Cross Slash, I believe. Those were limits. I could be wrong, but this is just coming from me that like talking to friends and like looking stuff up here and there. Um, but in this game, they did it perfectly. They like they included enough unique abilities um, that allowed me to freely play the game how I wanted to. So, for an example, like, let's say I want to go into battle against, um, like, a boss. Like, the, um, I don't know what his name is, but in Chapter 11, the final boss for that one is, like, a Reaper or something? Um, now let's say I want to stagger him, and I want to get, like, a finishing blow on him. So, usually I would opt for Focus Thrust, but as I was playing throughout the game, despite the fact that it increases stagger, it wasn't increasing his stagger nearly as much as I wanted it to, so then I could just switch to operator mode and that's his triangle ability for cloud, which lets you switch from what's okay. Actually it was punisher mode. I'm sorry, but operator mode is like his normal mode where he has his pretty basic one, two, three attack. It does like a fixed amount of damage. Punisher mode. However, he moves a little slower. He cannot guard whatsoever and he gets an insane amount of damage for all the hits that he gets. And it's, it's perfect if you're trying to, you know, push through a fight that you don't want to fight for much longer, or if you're just trying to increase the stagger. And that's exactly what I would do. I would increase the stagger on some of these enemies with Punisher mode, despite that being more of like a health point um, Punisher type of thing. Like it, it targets more health than it does staggering, but sometimes Focus Thrust doesn't work as well as I want it to. So then I'll go into Punisher mode every now and then. But like. You know, I can theory craft these different ideas of how I want to play the game. And instead of doing the same thing over and over like in a turn-based game, rather I can do something unique and completely different. And it may just turn the tide of battle. 
and I like that a lot. Especially with Limit Break, because something I've always been doing in the game is linking all of my abilities and basic attacks with my limits. So, another scenario I want to bring is when I was fighting Hell House on hard mode, which, by the way, is truly hell. Um, I finished off the sweepers and cutters, which was the hardest part of the boss fight. I think that was the crux of the entire thing. But once I took them out, it was basically a matter of just finishing them off and finding an opening. So... I would hit him with a spell that was the complete opposite of the one he had out. So for an example, if he had fire out, I would throw out ice. If he had thunder, it would be wind. Wind, it would be thunder, etc, etc. Um, I would throw out the Breck spell to not really stagger him, but prevent him from moving much. And then he gets like a mini stagger, if you know what I mean. Like he kind of just sits there on the ground for a few seconds and then he'll get back up. But I used that time to go into Punisher mode and just completely obliterate his health. And then I would switch be between different characters and let them do their thing. And then I would end it off with um, Ascension, which is his second limit break form. And my god, that thing does incredible damage. And it's insanely cool. It also ends with Climb Hazard, which I didn't realize until I started using it more. And it just looks so good. It's so good. I... I just love the fact that they combined some of the old moves together into limit breaks and then put a lot of what was the old limit breaks into abilities. So I feel like I have a lot more abilities to work with, which gives me a, a more unique gameplay experience. And speaking of changing between different characters, that was fun for me. The only thing I kind of like struggled with was um, I can't control my characters kind of like in um, Kingdom Hearts. There's like a setting in there where you know, you can change, like, how your characters work. Because they'll be CPUs, um, Donald and Goofy. Like, you can choose for them to heal at certain times, conserve MP, go all out. Um, you can pick that. But in this game, you can't. And I think I understand why is because of the fact that you can change those characters. And I feel like the game is really pushing you to switch between characters during fights. So, for an example, if I'm... If I'm doing my thing with Cloud and I'm far back, right? I'm not approaching an enemy that shouldn't be approached at the at the time, but my characters are like right in front of them. I can switch and opt out to go all the way back and do a different attack from a farther range. And then like, you know what I mean? I can manage my characters. I am responsible for them. And that adds a new depth of challenge for me because I'm so used to controlling one character in action RPGs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I haven't really expanded outside of like Square Enix titles in terms of action RPGs, but specifically within their games, I think this one was my favorite in terms of that because I want to play as Tifa, Baron, and Aerith, you know? Those are iconic characters in Final Fantasy. Like, I want to beat the shit out of something with Aerith, you know what I mean? I just want to punch everything like rapidly and constantly. It's a lot of fun switching between different characters and using their abilities. Something else I wanted to talk about was, and this is kind of controversial, um, the side quests and minigames, a lot of people did not like them, but from a personal standpoint, minus one minigame, I actually kind of liked them. I felt like the side quests distracted me enough from the story um, in a fun way, like I was helping out civilians with what I thought was going to be boring chores were actually like pretty challenging ones. Um, you know, fighting enemies that sometimes you don't normally get to fight until much later in the game and getting those nice level ups and experience. Um, and then sometimes you do 
end up doing like a couple little chory-esque side quests, but um, all that was fine for me except for one mini game, and that is in chapter nine when you were doing the claw mini game. Supposedly in the original, because I watched um, Donkey's review on it just because I was curious what he thought about the game. He claims that you can go through that part in like five minutes and based off the gameplay that he was showing I think I believe him because I mean essentially you just walk past it You don't really do much with it, but in this game it takes like Maybe 10 to 20 minutes depending on what you're doing like if you're grinding out and whatnot Like trying to beat enemies and level up and like you want to find all the treasures and make sure you don't miss anything It's gonna take like a max of 20 minutes because that's what I took and they're so slow too like the the claws just move really slow and like especially if i'm trying to replay the game to get like playstation achievements like for example um this is a huge achievement in this game um it's optional of course but you can try to get all the bridal outfits all nine of them because cloud Aerith, and tifa each have three of their own because later on in the game you're gonna be dressed up for a reason so I have to redo chapter 9 constantly over and over again and you know what that means I have to play the stupid mini game all over again and I feel like I'm not the only one when I say this but I'm tired of that mini game I thought I was done with it when I first played it and I thought you know what I could do it one more time on hard no no I can't square I cannot do this anymore I need to just play the game let me skip it <laughs> Because something I noticed you can do in Chapter 4 is you can skip the motorcycle minigame, which I appreciate that. But I also really like the motorcycle game personally, but I'm still glad that they let you skip it. Because stuff like that just makes going through the game a lot easier. Um, and I'll get more into that before I transition into another topic, but next thing I want to talk about is the fluid movement in the game. Um, it feels great. It's very seamless. Um, when you get into combat and you want to start like hacking and slashing people, especially with Cloud, his movement is quick, fast-paced, and gets the job done. You get the damage that you need, and depending on what you stack up in terms of materia, you can make your movement even better. So like, you can parry attacks, you can do this one slash thing where if you roll and then attack it like gathers the enemies together, which is great, especially against multiple enemies if you're trying to get max damage. And then on top of that, it links perfectly into abilities. So let's say I don't want to complete my entire jab move. Like I want to do like maybe two slashes into like triple slash or something. It's very quick. You just do slash slash and then either you can have it as a command because you could set shortcuts in this game, which is great. Similarly to Kingdom Hearts 3 and all the other Kingdom Hearts games, of course. But I just said 3 because it was the most recent. Or you can actually press X and then you can decide what you want to do if you're kind of in a decisive mood. Which by the way, I love the slow-mo when you go into the command menu because I feel like for me in a Kingdom Hearts game, I don't struggle with this all the time because there is a bit of strategy to it, but I kind of hate how I have to like get complete cover if I want to use an ability or command. I kind of don't like that. So the fact that they made it like in slow motion for me to you know, digest the situation, pick what I need to pick. I thought that was great because the game's pretty fast paced. It's definitely more fast paced than Kingdom Hearts, but um, I'm still really glad they gave that to me. So I could just immediately go into triple slash and then get the damage I want and then keep moving on with the fight. Stuff like that is just really nice, especially um, 
you know, with Barrett, his biggest weakness is his movement. He's just, you know, he's a big ass six four guy. He's built out of like muscle and height. You know what I mean? Like, of course he's gonna be slow and his role is gonna suck. But I'm really glad that um, he does a lot out of range. Like, and I'm not just talking about shooting, but you know, with some of his other abilities like focus shots. And then sometimes if you're up close, you can use his little like round pound move. I forgot what it's called, but it's it's insane. Um, he has a lot of utility. He has a lot more than I thought. Like I thought he was just going to only be a shooting character, but he can do stuff up front. He can do stuff like out of range. Like he has a plethora of different abilities that work in several different ways. Like focus shot kind of does a lot, of, a lot more damage than I thought it would for a move that is mainly focused on staggering the opponent. But it's still really good for staggering the opponent, especially on the machines. Like, something I noticed at the beginning of the game um, was on those little, like, turrets that were on top of the uh, balcony area on the first level when you're about to approach the approach the final boss. Um, one focus shot takes them out. It's really nice. And then later on in the game, you get this one ability that just... It's like a rapid-fire ability. I believe it's called... Um, it might be yeah i'm not entirely sure what it's called but it's like this rapid fire move um it doesn't do any stagger damage but it does a lot of damage per se so it's kind of like the opposite of focus damage or focus shot like i feel like it does the same roughly the same amount of damage and less stagger but it gets the job done and i really like that and then Aerith's move ray of judgment <laughs> If you have played this game, you know that move is the truth. That move is goaded. And what I mean what I mean by goaded is greatest of all time, baby. That move is insane. <laughs> I love using that move, especially like in um for like combo finishers or like really clutch moments. Like I remember one of the most memorable experiences I've had was on the Hell House, actually. I so Cloud died, and this is when I did not have the revival material, and I actually forgot to equip it. And this was on normal mode, but Cloud was dead. I was low on health. So I decided to run my ass all the way back to the stage. And then I threw out a ray of judgment and the last hit just barely killed him. And I remember popping off like that move is just so flashy because Aerith is floating in the air. Back is arched. She's pointing her staff and just shooting this giant beam. Well, not really giant, but like kind of smallish beam, but it's still doing the damage it needs to do. It needs to do. And it feels great. And then I wanted to talk about my favorite chapter being chapter four with Roche. Uh, he's the motorcycle anti-hero, I want to say. I'm not sure about his character for now. I'm just going to call him an anti-hero because he kind of helped us, but also battled against us. He just kind of like has his own cause going. But that was my favorite chapter in the game, mostly because I felt like that was the chapter where we truly bonded with Jesse. But also, it started out with that dope minigame. That dope motorcycle minigame. Um, it's not the true one that occurs in the original that I've heard about. That one is in, like, the later half of the chapter. But in the game, um, and this isn't spoilers because this was shown in the trailer, but you fight this guy named Roche. And he's kind of like the newish protagonist, anti-hero, I don't know, guy who rides a motorcycle and you fight him both on the motorcycle and then later on in the chapter you fight him um, on the ground during, you know, combat. And uh, the pacing of that chapter was incredible. Like, it literally started out just immediately like, 
in your face, super fast paced, um, just right on the action. And it was so exhilarating. And I just, I really liked the way I was feeling when I was playing that game. Like I felt like a god on a motorcycle with Cloud. Like, and this is coming from someone that's played this game for the first time and was already feeling like a god on the ground. Like I felt like even more of a god on a motorcycle. Like the movement of the motorcycle, it controlled very nicely. Um, the moves you could do, like, you could do a basic attack, you could do, like, a blade beam one, and then you could do this really sick spin attack that did a lot of damage. Ugh. It's so beautiful. And then the the wave fight in that chapter, like, the like the last half of it, so good. And then the Roche fight. Oh, I could go on about this chapter. It's so good. I just loved it. Like, it was so much fun. I think that was the most fun I had in that entire game, was playing chapter four. And... I'm really hoping that Square introduces a new part to New Game Plus where you can load a chapter off of checkpoints rather than playing the entire chapter because I would love, I would love to fight against Roche again. He was so much fun. And then like after you face him too, there's like this seamless transition into a cutscene from gameplay. And then the cutscene's just as cool like after he leaves on his motorcycle and does this like insane unhuman tricks oh brilliant and hey speaking of transitions uh let's move on to presentation in music because man i got some stuff to talk about that not as much as gameplay but man it's beautiful like i i just wanted to say when i first booted up this game from the demo even till now i loved i loved 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 the opening cutscene it literally felt like a movie the quality was perfect too like as we all know square is very good when it comes to making cgi cutscenes and their their methods are just unmatched especially in the gaming industry like it truly feels like a movie but in this game particularly oh beautiful just beautiful cutscenes like some were just filled with emotion some were just visually appealing like oh it was so good and um what one cutscene so in the original game, I think we all know at this point that you end up going to Shinra. So I truly don't think that's a spoiler. But you literally take, like, they had so much time in the game that they just made an entire ass, like, museum tour. <laughs> you go through this, like, museum tour of Shinra, you learn about the president, the company, their weapons, like, essentially their military and their plans for the future. You get to this one section in the game, and it's a VR experience. Now for this, I, I, I didn't know what to expect. So I was kind of like, oh, what is this? And it was basically explaining um, a very pivotal moment in the game where Aerith confesses who she really is. And the cutscenes in there were beautiful. I think I re-recorded it like four times in 108060. Like I did it with captions, without captions. I did like a, a lower quality one so I could make it a GIF profile on discord like it's insane it basically showed like a hometown area like the past usage of mako and how shinra came to be or um midgar i should say and then there was like a very specific cutscene that dealt with a certain antagonist i was in awe like i've seen really good cgi cutscenes right but that one in particular was the best one the best set of cutscenes in the game it, that movie did not like see I'm stuttering like that's that's how good it is 
it, it felt like a movie to me. It looked so real. And like, there was this one scene where Tifa was looking at the camera, but it was focusing on a different character that was in the cutscene, and she was a little blurred, but her facial expressions were so human-like and real, and I couldn't believe it. Like, I know Square is good at these cutscenes, but they really outdid themselves in this game. Like, if you're looking for a very pretty RPG game to play, that's also a classic iconic one, please play this game. You will get the most out of it. And to match that, they made a banger OST? They remade Genova? And like, different variations of Let the Battle Begin? How do you do that? Like, I was, there was not a single moment in this game that I was bored of the music. Cause you know, a common problem that I feel like a lot of RPGs have, and this can go from turn-based to action, is that the OSC seemed very boring. Like, especially for an example, like, ooh, I got a perfect example. This is, this is a Nintendo RPG, but Fire Emblem has a very bad habit of reusing their songs. There are a couple variations here and there, like to match like the final boss or in a specific part of the game that's pivotal, then the music will change, but, but you know, I'm kind of bored of hearing that, um, that same tone or musical note, like constantly with no variation. But in this game, for each boss and wave and just everything, the music was different every time and it was just as good. Like, all variations literally just, like, in any order you want, outdid themselves. And when I got to Genova, I was just like, bruh, you, this is, like, one of my favorite OSTs of all time. And this is coming from someone that has looked into Final Fantasy VII's OST, and I loved it. I mean, I, I still haven't even played the game, matter of fact, but I, I just can't. The OST is insane. It's truly one of the best works um, in this game, like, it's, ha, it's beautiful, I could talk about it forever, but the other thing I want to talk about was, um, there were a few, like, textural issues, like, Cosmonaut, I watched his review on it, and I was actually going to mention this as well, that he did in his review, um, he mentioned how there were some weird textures going on in the game, not specifically with the character models, but something he didn't mention that I'm going to mention is the JPEG doors, and if you know the JPEG doors, you know the JPEG doors. In chapter three, and kind of two, I guess, you go to your room um, in sector seven where Tifa gives you a spot to rest, right? The doors, the texture on them are just awful. It's like the only part of the game that's just really gross. Like, everything is beautiful. Like, everything looks fine. Um, it's not anything that deteriorates from the game experience, but the JPEG doors, man. It just looks like a 144p quality picture just slapped on a door. Just slapped on a door. I don't understand. It threw me off. And, like, even my friend and I were mentioning it to each other. Like, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, that, that kind of caught me off guard. But, like, other than that, like, everything looked fine. Like, nothing looked super messy. Um... The character models looked just as good as they did in the cutscenes. Like, gameplay-wise, the cutscenes, like, they weren't much different. It was incredible. Um, you know, someone specific that I want to mention is one of the Turks, Reno, or Reno. Um, his model is so sick. And the reason I, like, the minute I knew that this game had very clean 3D models of the characters is when I saw Reno. Because his CGI 
and like normal in-game cutscene or gameplay model looked similarly just as good. There were no graphical differences. Like sure, maybe the CGI one, maybe a little bit more like, you know, toned and a, a little more polished, but like by not like any margin whatsoever. Like they were very similar. Just, ah, oh, this game has such an amazing presentation. I was so shocked. I, I truly thought there were going to be some down moments, but no. Besides the JPEG doors, beautiful stuff. So the next thing I want to talk about is the story. Um, I'm going to mention this right now. For those that have not played the game, this is spoiler heavy. Like, I'm going to be talking about spoilers. So if you have not played this game and you don't want to be spoiled, you got your spoiler-free part of the review when I was talking about gameplay and presentation, but right now, this is a spoiler. So, if you don't want to be spoiled, please click off, um, save yourself the trouble, and let's get into it. So, I don't really know much about the story. The only thing that I like kind of know about is it didn't happen in this game, but like in the OG, um, Sephiroth kills Aerith, I think, and like Avalanche is just destroyed. But in this game in particular, they introduced, I believe they introduced a new thing called the Whisperers, which were those like, they kind of look like the Dementors from Harry Potter, but they were just ghosts pretty much, but they're called Whisperers. And later on in the game, you find out that they control fate. Um, And at first I was kind of confused about this because I was like, well, what are you trying to control that's fate or like destiny like are you trying to remake the from the original again and like just adding this weird like possible alternate dimensions story plot like i was so confused like i can't even like accurately describe it but um i played through the story again on hard and i kind of like spoiled myself like for hard mode and just went back to like the whispers part which by the way that part is hard um, I still have a lot of practice to do before I can face those whispers because that part was so random, but the way I see it is that, and this connects to why Sephiroth maybe is shown in this game a lot, because in the original, you do not know about Sephiroth in the first five hours of the game, but I think when Square was making this game or the developers for this game, they wanted to make sure that they wanted to include Sephiroth because, unfortunately, he's a very overused villain. Um... And he's really only good in Final Fantasy VII. But everywhere else, he's just kind of overused. He's a great villain, regardless. Like, in my eyes, I think Sephiroth is dope. He's really cool. He's pretty menacing. But in this game, particularly, I was very surprised at the number of times that he showed up. And maybe that's because it's a remake of the game. And, you know, maybe they just wanted to let him have some light in this game you know like maybe they they maybe they just wanted to show him more in this game since they couldn't really do that much in the original but you know he shows up like every other hour like you know he showed up in chapter two he shows up in chapter three he shows up in chapter nine he's in 17 18 like he's he's all over the place like i i don't really think there's a chapter that he's not in except for maybe like 14 like he's everywhere in the game and something that I was starting to understand was when I got to the Whispers part, um, or more so like post-final boss, like after you beat Sephiroth, you're in space. And I can't remember what they were really talking about, but from what my understanding is, I feel like the new plot of the game is for Sephiroth 
to um remake reality um because i guess in final fantasy 7 original as like i said unfortunately i know a lot about that game not too much but a decent amount and a little bit of crisis core like i know who zach is um apparently zach died in the original and like that's someone that cloud looked up to a lot but i feel like they're bringing him back and that gave me a lot of mixed feelings but then i realized maybe this is what the story is maybe the whispers serve to be controllers of fate so that everything works out and they can kill sephiroth but i feel like sephiroth knows that he eventually will be destroyed by this gang you know like cloud Aerith, barrett and tifa and so his plan was to try and get the gang to destroy the whispers maybe because in chapter 17 there's this random fight against the whispers like these it was annoying it was like one of my least favorite parts of the game it was kind of annoying the music was great though and it looked very pretty but i just thought it was so random and once you destroy the whispers essentially now fate is uh kind of broken now like now anything can happen so i feel like that was a sephiroth from a different time period um scheming some sort of plan to get cloud to destroy the whispers so that he has a chance to actually destroy cloud in the game like i don't know it's so hard to it's so hard to explain because i watched a lot of videos on it and it makes sense but i don't know what you guys think to me it just seems so weird like from a noob standpoint Besides the Little Whispers part, I actually really liked the story. I felt, like, really invested into it. I loved the characters. I actually loved the fact that they gave more screen time with Avalanche. Because in the original, supposedly, Jesse only had, like, two lines. But in this game, she's got, like, a whole-ass backstory. And same with Leslie, the uh, bodyguard for Corneo. Um, you know, he gets a backstory, too. But I like that a lot. Because, I mean, how else are you going to make a five-hour game into 40 hours? while also trying to keep it entertaining. Like, I felt like I was truly entertained by the game. And maybe, like I said, it's because I have not played the original and this is my first experience, but I still really liked it um, for what it was. But yeah, like, I, I feel like the story is like some whack Namor writing, which I think others can agree with me on. Because the only thing I'm worried about with this is when you bring up alternate realities, you're given the possibility to change up the story. And what I mean by this is you have the ability to change it from the original. I think a lot of people really liked the original for its story. It was very iconic. The Sephiroth Aerith scene where she dies is a very iconic scene. Like it's been seen like millions of times. When you bring up Final Fantasy VII, a lot of jokes and references are made about that part and just about cloud too like the characters are iconic like people know who tifa is people know who barrett is people do know who tifa and cloud are like these characters are super iconic and one thing i'm worried about with the future game is i i really hope they don't change the original plot lines because i'm not gonna lie i kind of want to see the death of Aerith in hd especially if if the CGI and cutscenes are going to be this beautiful, I need to see that death in like 1080 60 frames as 
screwed up as that sounds, like, I really want to see that. I want to see some iconic moments get recreated in the sequel again. Similarly to how this game recreated, like, certain cutscenes and whatnot in HD. Because I looked at some comparisons and I was just in awe, like, the thing about the old games, especially around, like, you know, Nintendo 64, PlayStation 1, Xbox One, like, the original Xbox, not the current Xbox One, but, like, those days, they really left it up to the player to imagine what they were seeing. Because, you know, graphics were awful back then. I mean, if you look at Cloud in, like, the original Final Fantasy, he's just a tiny little, little block man, you know? He's just a little block man with spiky hair. He could, like, he could cut someone with that hair, you know? It's so pointy and, and like, you know, hurtful. <laughs> it just looks like it. And then, you know, Barrett is just, like, big-ass block. And then... Aerith is like, whatever, and then Tifa is okay, but like, you know, the game was just so ugly. Like, it looks ugly to me, but I think that's the beauty of it, is that you get to imagine what's going on. You get to imagine what the characters sound like, you get to imagine what the surrounding area looks like to you, maybe in real life. Um, You get to kind of create the scene for yourself, and I think that was the beauty of those games back then, but now that we have the technology to create those um scenes ourselves we finally get to show the player like hey this is what we're seeing and you need to see it too like this is what midgard looks like to us it's this giant super city built off of sucking mako out of the uh out of the ground and we have this giant factory like office built-in museum looking building like <laughs> like i want to see some scenes in the game that were hard to understand maybe recreated in this game because one thing I really do like about remakes of games is that it gives people a chance to start over meaning you know one thing I, I heard about from the original to this is that um, some of the lines didn't really fit certain characters or like the dialogue and the chemistry in that game was kind of weird and there were some like sus things said, but in this game apparently they fixed that and they modernized it. That's what I want to see in a remake, you know? It's not a spin-off. Like I, I this is something I see a lot of, and I'm gonna like do a little mini rant here. Um People were calling this game a spin-off, and I completely disagree because that's not what a spin-off is. In my eyes, a spin-off is taking something that exists and making something completely new out of it. So for an example, like let's say you do I don't know you do like breaking bad right and you want to make a show that shows um walter white's like childhood right but that's a new concept and you're gonna have new characters possibly new settings and like new ideas that's a spin-off a remake is you know remaking the game and you you are allowed to make slight differences but that's why this is a remake it's it still stays true to the original game but it's just adding a new plotline to the story with the whispers like I was talking about like I was I can't even explain the whispers and the alternate reality stuff like it, it just seems weird to me like I feel like with that part specifically you kind of have to understand the game because you are actually um teased with some characters that are from the original that are shown in this game like that weird cat thing with the crown and then he rides that like big ass pink thing I don't know what his name is but he is very briefly shown in the game, and then Zach Fair is shown in the game. And by the way, Zach looks... Oof, that may look nice. <laughs> like, 
No sussery here, but... When I gotta say a dude look looking clean, a dude's looking clean, you know? But... It's just stuff like that. Like, I feel like a remake is, is great for recreating the game, and then the developers can finally show people what they were trying to create in the original. And then I feel like I'll be able to understand it better. Will it tarnish my playthrough of the original? Possibly. It could possibly tarnish it, but I don't I don't think it will it will affect it too much. Because you know, keep in mind, like, this is only five hours of the game, you know? And then I just wanted to also say some like extra things I really liked about the game that I didn't include in the first half of it. I also really liked the boss fight designs for this game. Something in like Square games that I don't really like is for me at least, sometimes I feel like the bosses are like ridiculously too powerful that you have to play a specific way to beat them. And that kind of um, tarnishes the creativity um, for players to like beat the boss in certain ways. Like, yeah, I don't mind you throwing me like, oh, this guy's affected by fire, so you can't shoot it with fire attacks. Like that makes sense, but you're still you're still able to freely move and get creative with your moves. Especially your movement too, like I want to use different abilities as well. And I feel like the games were, or the bosses in this game were designed very nicely. One particular boss I want to talk about is Rufus. As you may know, Rufus, Vice President of Shinra, and spoiler, current President of Shinra, because uh, you know who is dead. That fight was amazing. That fight reminded me of Roxas from Kingdom Hearts 2 FM, solely because it was the first fight in the game that I felt like I couldn't mash anymore. Like yeah, Reno, you couldn't really mash against either because he was super quick and he had like counterattacks, but like in the second fight they kind of just like threw that idea away and then you could suddenly just now like rush him. This fight though was just amazing. So he has that like weird hellbound dog with him and then he's, he himself has a shotgun bro. He has a shotgun! What? It's crazy! And then you think, well, how is he gonna use that shotgun? So, literally the first thing I did was I tried to approach Rufus. And it switches to a cutscene of him dodging your move, and his counterattack is shooting you with a shotgun! A move that punishes mashing! It, it got me so excited, because I really don't like mashing much, especially in action replays, or in um, action RPGs, because I really do want to try to understand the boss fights. It's a good way for me to understand like how the bosses were created in this game. And so for me to get a boss like that, oh, it brought it brought tears to my eyes. Not really, but like I was just so ecstatic and hyped. Like that Rufus fight was amazing. Like it forced you to attack at specific times. You could not mash. You have to understand that fight. And it was a fair fight too. Like by the time you get to chapter 17, you're pretty overpowered. Like, at that point, you should have all the weapons and abilities. All of them should be mastered. Like, the, the proficiency on them should be 100%. You should be upgrading your weapon abilities, like yada, yada, yada. You should be good at this game. And that was the true test of skill right there. That is a true test of skill fight instead of just BMing your opponents. Like, like that's what I have the most fun when it comes to testing your skill because I feel like I'm I'm decent enough at these action RPGs that I could play them in any difficulty because a fun little fact I've played through Kingdom Hearts 1 or um, Kingdom Hearts 2 crit level 1 
it's not an easy task, and it's definitely not an easy story to beat. Um, and I have gotten to the uh, Garden of Assemblage in that game, where you fight the organization. Like, I've fought in a couple of them, but I kind of got bored of the game personally, so I just moved on. But um, I kind of know what it's like to look at those fights and understand them, because, you know, it's pretty common for people to put, like, a, just this big-ass model and call it a boss fight, and they do, like, a bunch of moves, but later on you find out that you can just mash them from the back. Like, in in this game, I feel like they created the bosses um, pretty nicely. Like, some of them are kind of sus. Like, hard mode Hellhouse is stupid. That's the only boss fight so far that I feel like is really dumb so far, because... I understand that you're gonna spawn those uh, those little green alien-looking guys with the knives that can kill you in one hit. Like I understand that's coming from the house, like it's inside the house, so that kind of makes sense. So you get a pass there, but to spawn a sweeper and a cutter at the last part of the fight, what are you doing, boy? Like what are you doing? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, but yeah, I just I loved that part so much. It was so good. I mentioned a lot that I have not played the original, so I wanted to give it a shot and then maybe kind of um, talk about this game again, the remake. Maybe my opinions will change when I play the original, so I'm going to be making another podcast around Final Fantasy VII, but this time I will have played the original and I will give you guys my insight. Um, because I feel like it's not really fair for me to judge this game too much, especially because it's a remake, you know? Um, this game is a classic. It's a classic RPG game. It's a very well-known game at that, and it has touched many people in their childhoods. The people that are playing this game now, like the diehard fans, are most likely people that played it like 20, 30-something years ago. I don't know when that game came out. I think it was like 98, so maybe like 20 years ago, but the game came out a long time ago, and I feel like... Now that we've finally gotten a remake of it, uh, I'm just excited. Like, I am just really excited to play the original. Um, the remake got me hyped for it. I just can't wait. So, that's what I kind of wanted to mention. And I guess with uh, that thought in mind, I'm going to end it off here. Thank you guys so much for listening to this new podcast episode. If you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave out a five-star rating. Hit up the StormConnect Twitter at StormConnectEN or other platforms. This podcast is on for feedback on the show. This is Crunch, and I will hopefully see you guys next time on the FF7 original episode. And take care.